And now, a word from our sponsors. Need a catch-up session on what you missed last week? Now you're listening to ArchD Radio, the podcast mix. Welcome to ArchD on Live FM. This is Annalise and today I'm joined by Abby. How are you today? I'm doing amazing, thank you. Apart from this morning, I couldn't find any pairs of matching socks in my drawer. Oh right? no. And then like five minutes later, I finally found one with the same colours and the same cut of sock. And I went to the, like leave my house. Mm-hmm. I thought I put my socks in my bag, but it turns out I didn't. Oh, and it was, no. since it was too late to put my socks on inside the house, I was going to do it in the car. When I got in the car, I looked around for my socks and... They were missing. So I see. I see you've got um um you, you you're sort of wearing jeans, but they're kind of they're a little bit up at the ankle, and you've got the is it the Air Force Ones that you've got there? Um, they are the Dunks, but in pandas. Okay, you see, like this <sighs> is as, as far as I know, shoe lingo, <laughs> but as far as I know, like it's the Air Force One style, and that's that that that's that style, yeah, that yeah. more platformy. No, no, the yeah, flat that's bottom. Yeah. So you've got Air Force Ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like the panda. So the black and white is the panda. Yeah. Very imaginative. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. But you mission accomplished. You've got they don't look weird. They don't look wrong. They're, so my mum ran back in the house and she went to my drawer and found me my llama socks. I've got little llamas all over them. Okay. But you can't really see that no, because they're all there, them. so it's all hidden. Yeah. That's so as okay long then. as whatever's at the top is fine. Yeah. I have so many socks that are like that, which are like you can only see the top of, well, the whole bottom bit's completely yeah. different, but that doesn't really matter. Yeah, lovely. Good. I'm glad it all panned out. That could have been really, really bad. Yeah, it could have been catastrophic. And I'm also joined by James. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. No, it's been a it's been a good morning. Uh, I've had a bit of a cold over the last few days, so waking up this morning just with that feeling of yeah, and I could breathe, Clear and I'm like, oh sinuses. my gosh, it just feels so incredible. And I'm like driving in, and and as it is, there's like a, a sunshine. Like I have to drive past like Flinders University, Flinders Medical Center on my way. Yeah, in. nice view. And I just saw this like sun. Over the top. And then I heard, I listened to music with like kind of this sort of like arpeggiated like chordal thing. I'm like, this is, I'm living in a cliche now. (laughs) You're the main character in your own movie. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the main character in the (laughs) own cliched version, in my own cliched version of my life. So it's a good time. In Adelaide. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Living the Adelaide cliche dream. (laughs) And now. Now, Abby and James, tell me, have you ever had a pet escape? Well, I've got a little dog called Lily, oh, a Maltese terrier. She's like white little fluffy. She's never escaped perhaps, but she's like almost run out the front door by accident of being excited for someone coming home. And there was one time my brother came home after school leave. Okay, yeah. Um, and he had all this stuff in his hand, like all his luggages, pillows, mm-hmm. everything. And then I was holding the dog. I opened the door to let him in. She like leaps out of my arm, oh, no. almost out the door. He drops everything to make a barricade, and then I'm trying to hold the door open with that, so he wouldn't yeah, slam Yeah, multitasking. Him. Yeah, and he's still got other stuff in his hands, and we're trying to get this dog, this little white little fluffy thing, to not go through the little <laughs> gaps. But like, oh, thank God she didn't escape. I don't know what I would have done. Uh, yeah, well, my I have uh, the, I guess the opposite thing is my yeah. cat escapes every night. So I have a cat named I have two cats. I have Oreo, a black and white cat, mm-hmm. you know, and a cat named Mythica, named after well, when my youngest Annika was um, very very little, and when we got the cat originally, she was fascinated with the idea of mythical animals, Hi. unicorns, 
Uh, is there any other mythical animals other than unicorns? Um, I don't even know. Oh, um, narwhals. No. Narwhals. No, that's they're real. Thing. No, they're real. They're like the weird mythica version of it, though. It's like they've got like weird. Yeah, it's like a weird unicorn crossed they with. They have a. Horn. They do have they're a. Horn. They they're do. They're, they're real, dude. No, but like they like it's like a fantasy made up one. It's not like an actual one. So they've got a made up version of a real one. Yeah. Okay. They're definitely look. Real. That's that's fine. Yeah, they're real. I know they're real, but like, there's a version of them that's okay. not real. Okay. Oh, we'll have to look the that up. The things we learn. The things. <laughs> the things <laughs> we learn. You know that real animal? That's actually make believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's, it's I'm real learning. And make believe because there's a version of it that is make believe. <laughs> that behind us. <laughs> You've got to stop digging at some point, mate. I think. Your anyway. Google search history. Anyway, no. But anyway, my mythica doesn't mm-hmm. have a. A horn. Yeah. And doesn't have a horn. But every night uh, when I get back, we have this thing. We feed the cat at um, feed the cats at half past three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. They're like pensioners. They like to eat at that particular yeah, they have time. A, they have a schedule. Three thirty. They're up early in the morning, just like an old an old age pensioners. About five o'clock in the morning, meowing. We want to be fed. We want to be let out. Um, even though they just get dive bombed by minor birds, I don't know why they want to do it. But um, so uh, every night at around about sort of like five thirty, six o'clock, whenever I get home, I'm usually greeted by going in the door. I'm always piled up with stuff. I've yeah. always got stuff. But I think Mythica has learned uh, the sound of my keys or the sound of my footsteps. I always wear boots, so I probably have a bit of a loud sort of sound as I get as I get home. But as soon as I open the door, there's this just this blur of of of, uh, of tortoiseshell cat go past and then uh, from my family go dad did you let mythica out again it's like i couldn't <laughs> literally unless i was like the flash or something there's no way i could have possibly ever Dada, stopped mythica Dada, exactly it's actually a, a two syllable word with yeah. a really long diphthong on the end but um uh yeah so um I, I can't and then eventually like an hour or so later mythica realizes huh well, I can't sit up and snuggle with people on the couch if I'm outside in the cold. So I'll ask to be let back in. It's yeah. like, oh, dad, if you let him in. So I just get, I just can't win. Just can't win. <laughs> Never ends. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I'm asking is a cat named Rowdy has finally been caught after spending three weeks on the run inside of a US airport. So the four-year-old pet had been dodging airport staff, airline employees, and animal expert at Boston airport since escaping from his cage in pursuit of some birds believe it or not oh. mm. Mm. so whether how long was he gone for um three weeks like just loose in the airport man i wonder what the um what the incentive was to be out there for three <laughs> weeks anyway you, you may get to it i'm sorry yeah i mean whether out of fatigue or hunger we'll never know but this morning she finally let herself be caught in airport spokeswoman said the black green-eyed cat was given a health check and is now set to return to her family so Mm. they actually got her back which was good to hear i'm in disbelief said her owner patty sarley i thought what are the odds we're actually going to get her back when their flight landed the feline had apparently run from her cage to try and catch some birds (sighs) and it begins again (laughs) the whole cycle So a chase ensued, apparently, with her getaway sparking a massive search by staff, construction workers and animal welfare advocates. On a mission to track down the pet, the group set up wildlife cameras to try and catch her. In a Facebook post, Miss Sally said that they also sent the airport Rowdy's favourite treats to be placed in the cages and even (laughs) recorded voice voice notes for them to play. Oh, that's seri- that's getting seriously desperate. I, th- yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think it's at the end of help. it, it's it's like it's a cat. Remember, it's a cat. I think at the end of it, all it realised was that it was not being adored by people for a very yeah. period, and so just we'll come back, just get adored for a little while, and then again the next <laughs> time the birds go, yeah, okay, I'll take off again for a little while. 
I think that's the reason. I mean, sounds pretty good. You being you having treats yeah. left everywhere. No, right? Like it's like Easter morning. Yeah, your, exactly. Your this is all working out. Yeah. Maybe we would have come back a bit sooner if the treats hadn't been Just put out. Just prolonging the holiday. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. So despite numerous sightings, Raddy continued to elude her pursuers, but calm has now been restored. <laughs> Thank goodness. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> okay, James. What measures would you take to prevent Mythica escaping? Oh, well, I would need to have a lot of things. I would need to have mm-hmm. uh, probably some sort of um, security camera maybe installed in my car or outside the door, maybe like a, a monitor so I can see inside yeah, okay. to do that. Um, and I don't know kind of what else to do. Maybe someone could go inside. The one thing Mythica loves is a pre-warmed chair. So yeah, okay. if someone could perhaps go and sit on the couch for like 10 minutes <laughs> just before I arrive home, we coordinate Get this on the, the phone. Get the hair dryer on it. Look, I mm-hmm. tell you what, but then again, the cat, they'll know if it's, if it's, if you're faking it, they'll mm. know if you're, if you're doing it. But ultimately, you know what it's like when you're sitting on the couch for a little while, we get up to go and get a uh, like hot chocolate or yeah. anything for, for, from the cupboard. We'll come back and Mythica will be just quite contentedly <laughs> sitting in that particular spot. So maybe even just something like a pre-warmed, a pre-warmed sofa chair might be the they way They can't resist. Yeah. No, no. Cats in heat or I even the sun a- peeking through the window. Mm. Yeah, you've got to pull out the big guns. You really have to. Preheated areas. <laughs> hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Morris. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now... This is Archie. Archie Radio 107. Live. <laughs> so, James, what's the first you've ever travelled? The first I've ever travelled, I would probably say from home... Um, that would be tough, but the, probably the furthest would probably be Helsinki, Finland would oh, be yeah. the worst. Mm, okay. I was there for okay. a day. <laughs> In fact, I don't even think I was there for a day. Did you leave the airport? I did leave the okay. airport. Okay, there, but good. it was it was a very surreal um, experience because you know when you when you I don't know if you know this, but it's like if you've experienced when you like you go to another country or go to another place and you're kind of under the care of other people and they just kind of take you oh, somewhere. Right, so we okay. were literally picked up um, by the airport. This is back in my previous life when I was a musician and. Um, um, <laughs> Um, I was going over and there's no way to say this without sounding like I'm bragging. So I'm just not even going to pretend. Okay. Okay, So I was over there because I was replacing Eric Clapton's regular guitar player in his band while Eric Clapton was on tour. Oh yeah. Because when you think about it and it's the thing doesn't really occur to you, like these guys, when they're not on the road with like really famous people have regular bands they play with. Normally, normally, yeah. uh, but when the big people call them up, they go, "Yep, I'm sorry, got to <laughs> yeah. go." Eric, Eric has said it's time, so you know it's time. So um, his regular band, which was a big um, British festival blues band yeah. that would go and play these festivals, had been booked to go and over and open this movie studio in Finland, oh, yeah. being flown over for the day. Wow, so, okay. so we went over there um, and and were just kind of like driven um, out on in, in Helsinki. Um, uh, went to the movie studio. It was this most surreal night because it was really posh and so much <laughs> money had been put. They'd, they'd put a fountain, a stone, uh, a fountain, stone fountain in the crazy. middle of the room. Like, should I be here right now? I know. Yeah. You're going, oh, this is crazy. And and they weren't very receptive audience. They didn't really get into it. No, okay. No, no. They were just kind of really, until at the very end of the night, they all went <laughs> crazy. And started jumping into the fountain. All these people in like dinner suits and oh dinner, all diving into the fountain, yelling out things in language that we couldn't possibly understand. <laughs> oh, it was all like that going, no understanding. Yeah. But then the following day, 
It was even weirder the following day because we realized we didn't have, we didn't bring any money and oh, no. we, oh. we didn't, but, and, and we, we didn't have enough to convert to finish whatever, like whatever yeah, the finished anyway, currency yeah. is. Yeah. And so we thought, well, we've got to go through a whole day. We're not going to be able to eat anything or, or anything. Like we're going to be really hungry. <laughs> we can't really wait to get on the plane and have like a pack of chips or whatever. We're going to yeah. get on the plane to go back to London, which is where we were living. Even a pack of nuts. Yeah. Even. No, there was nothing. The only thing that we knew was that breakfast had been thrown in as part of the, the, the deal at the, the deal, hotel. Okay. Um, but we got back in at something like four or five o'clock in the morning when it was all done and everything was all no. finished. And they stopped serving breakfast oh at this God. really early hour at eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock. So I said to the guys at the band, I said, okay, so what we're going to do is uh, we've got to get up. We've got to go to the, the continental breakfast downstairs. We'll, we'll get the, the, the most sleep we can, which will be about two or three hours. And then we'll all just go down there together and all that stuff. So we, in the morning, I set my alarm to go off in the morning at like seven, which is like the latest I could imagine to do that. And everyone else said that they do it at seven too. And I go and undo my door and just stumble out, like just bleary eyed. But as I'm doing that, I can see out of my peripheral vision down the hallway, two other doors opening and two other bleary eyed people stumbling out. And we go, we go downstairs. So we went downstairs and then we go downstairs we have their breakfast and it was really lovely and then the rest of the day I had nothing to do but just wander around Helsinki because I couldn't get a cab or a bus or anything no, so I, just yeah. wand- and I couldn't buy any food so I just wandering the streets because um, we've been kicked out of the hotel and everything oh, yeah. so um, but it was really funny. They don't stop for pedestrians at lights. Oh, either. really? That's so a the huge about, thing. It's here. a big, yeah, it's a big thing. Anyway, and if in England, where I've been living for a, a couple of years at that point, if any pedestrians cross at a, a zebra crossing, all the cars have to automatically yeah. stop. So yeah. the pedestrians don't look; they just walk. Yeah, and all the cars stop. Not the case in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> I got like screeching brakes on giggles. <laughs> so I'm like bleary eyed, um, not much to eat until yeah, I got back on the plate. But yeah, the first time I've been from home would be Helsinki, Finland. Oh, yes. And how yes. about you, Annalise? Um, I don't, it's definitely not as far as James, but I went to Sydney for the 13 story treehouse play in about 2012. Oh, that's a classic. Oh, that's original. Defi- yeah. Definitely a, classic. a while away. Um, so I hadn't ever traveled much, so naturally I was extremely excited travel even if only stay um it was a trip with my great aunt a friend and then her grandma so it was really great it was like a good group of us and you know you do the typical things like go to museums and really educational sort of tourism i guess yeah. um because my great aunt was a teacher oh, yeah, so makes sense. you need to cover that yeah. sort of site mm. but the problem was the friend that i went with she was a vomiter oh so you you bet on the plane. What sort there. of a person has the misfortune of being labelled as a vomiter? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's just... a good person, good sort, really like her, heart's yeah. in the right place, but she's a vomiter. She's a vomiter. She's a vomiter. So on the plane there, on the plane back, anywhere that was travel, it would be in my lap, on my clothes every single time. Oh, like, how old was she? Um gosh, we were probably in year two, so definitely like okay. old enough. But yeah. even we had been to Melbourne as well, vomiting on the plane there and it was me every time. <laughs> and we were catching a ferry obviously to the Sydney Opera House and we were all dressed up. Uh, that's like travel. The opera. That's travel. That's oh, travel. Spoiler travel. warning. <laughs> so um we were waiting just at the ferry stop. We weren't even on the ferry when she vomits and the vomit goes all over the platform oh no. so it blocks it off for anyone trying to get on the ferry and all over my really nice dress oh, did you dude. make it on the ferry we did make it okay. on the ferry and my great aunt pulled out some wet wipes and she was scrubbing at my dress and she goes stop grizzling annie 
and she would, she would always say stop grizzling and it just always really annoyed me just that word yeah and i was grizzling. like I, I think i have the right you know to be a bit dramatic if i've got like vomit on my nice dress going to the opera house because in year two me was thinking that this was like a major yeah. deal like this was it it's you know? the opera house after all yeah um, but how would she say don't – I mean, what can you say to her? I mean, being vomited on is bad. You can't go around and say, you know, there are children in Africa who never get vomited on. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can't say that. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. Where's the sympathy? Yeah. Oh, The reason I asked you guys this question is because if you can believe it or not, a hamster successfully returned to Earth after being launched into the – Do you say Earth? Yeah, return okay. to Earth. Okay, just making sure I heard that right. Yes. Not return from the vet, return yeah, to Earth. Returned okay. to Earth. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Launched into the stratosphere on a flying balloon. A flying balloon. Okay. A balloon. Yeah. The space hemmed had reached a maximum altitude of 23 kilometers. Right. Yeah. So this is like so this is like the edge of space where that dude jumped off the platform. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So hamster in space. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hamster in space. Believe it or not, it's in good health after being safely recovered from the sea of Japan's Mayakao Island. According to the company behind the daring experiment, the hamster was placed in an airtight cabin 60 centimetres high and 50 centimetres in diameter with the same atmosphere, pressure and temperature as the ground. One photograph showed the rodent looking wistfully out the window while 12 kilometres above the earth. 12 kilometres. <laughs> like, goodness me. And that would be a 60 centimetres by... That would actually be kind of like a really spacious yeah. apartment for, yeah. a, for a hamster. Well, even compare it to the hamster's point of view. Like, that's long for us, but imagine for the little hamster they, how yeah, far it would be. Yeah, because they just leave it... Like, he's probably been in a cage the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. A camera was installed inside the cabin, showed like animals snoozing comfortably during the gradual ascent. It hoped would bring managed space travel to the masses and the experiment was designed to give would be consumers would give consumers confidence sorry further the test flights the altitude of 25 kilometers are planned and this height people would be able to see the curvature of the earth dude like, that would be wild imagine wouldn't look, that the, be the wild flat earthers right now are just the fact that <laughs> yeah. even the hamster seeing the curvature of the earth yeah no 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 they'd be like you know you know who's who's setting all this up it, like you know they've <laughs> completely staged set. it's a movie set they've staged this all together yeah definitely when the hamster gets back um running in a wheel may seem a little underwhelming for the hamster absolutely. after it's got a taste for heights absolutely now. now it's got a taste for the good stuff and also like clearly running around on the wheel is just an exhausting thing to do i mean it's to do that week in week out yeah. you know and you know to be on the hamster wheel, so to speak, you know. It's like the beep test. No, no, no surprise that as he goes Could up and the balloon, he takes a nap. Mundane. You know, it's like, oh, finally, he has to chill out. No wheel. James, not the hamsters being to space. What do you mm. think the hamster would do in Helsinki, Finland? Oh, far out. Well, I know that it would probably, it would have definitely eaten well at the at the buffet mm-hmm. breakfast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe just seen the sights a little bit, got to know some, maybe some local um, Finnish hamsters as oh, well yeah. to see how they how they live how Would they're bring different money? only problem is would they be able to understand each other <laughs> <laughs> they Probably speak not. in a different language of hamster yeah <laughs> let's hope the hamster brings money yeah absolutely yes. exactly right we'll have to give them advice and now you're listening to arch d on life fm we've got chris tomlin and we are messengers on the way in the next 10 minutes now i'm really curious has there ever been a time in any of your lives when you've been obsessed with anything oh yeah i mean i definitely was obsessed um probably at the age where you really start to get truly obsessed it's not just a kids thing where you're like i really like kid style stuff when you get a a Mm. bona fide 
on the verge of being a teenage sort of like adult yeah. almost obsession when I was about 12 years old. I became obsessed with something that was not fashionable to get obsessed <laughs> with when I was 12, which was British prog rock band Pink Floyd. And I became fully into them. And uh, as a result, sort of like, and, you know, some of my other friends did eventually. I finally kind of got them over the line as as I got a little bit older. But, uh, yeah, I just became absolutely fixated on everything to do with them. And, of course, this is back in the day when, you know, there was no internet, there was no Spotify, there was no whatever. So you Mm -hmm. just had to get whatever you could get. (laughs) And I got everything I could, everything I could. Like every um, album I I could afford to buy on cassette, I would buy and listen to over and over and over again. I'd go down to – there were two um, shops in the city – um, uh, before I guess um, now like we see like places like Cotton On and things like that they yeah, license yeah. Uh, band t-shirts from the bands themselves and giving Kmart and Target yeah. do it and all that kind yeah. of stuff now but back then they only did the ones from the bands so there was two shops in the city that would sell those shirts and every time a new one would come out I'd go and get it <laughs> I even bought music books I bought I bought everything I possibly could um, and uh, of course you know obsessions you grow out of them it's something that you know you you do it you go really intense and really full yeah. on and then you move on not me no i'm still as obsessed <laughs> with pink floyd now um uh, as i probably have ever been in my life so that's something like i've had a lot of obsessions sort of before and since but um that's one that's definitely it's nice though yeah yeah okay what about you abby um well it really started when i was around 14 turning 15 so okay around, like, so not the late too 14. long ago yeah not too long ago I became really obsessed with soccer and, like, football, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Yeah. Um, the round ball version. Yeah, the round <laughs> yeah. ball version. Yeah. It, it's getting – because I follow Manchester United, which is an England team. And so buying their kit, like their team kits, mm-hmm. you have to buy it from England. Do you? Yeah. Otherwise – because they don't sell female ones in Australia. Oh, They only yeah. sell the male ones. Oh, I see. Because I was going to say, I thought there was a place in the city that sold, like, soccer kits and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, it's got on that bed that I've stayed up from. Do you know that remember <sighs> the FIFA World Cup Qatar last year? And the You're right, Annalise. <laughs> yeah, just, Abby, I just don't get how she stays up. Like, even on school nights and just the soccer. <laughs> how old are you? What are you, 40, 45? Yeah, I know, right? I can't believe you stayed up. I think I've up. got the sleep schedule of a grandma. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> she does. Anyway, so how late, how late does it go, though? Like, how late um, do you have to stay up? Well, sometimes... The games are from like two onwards and then I go to bed after. Sometimes I watch the final like little talking section after the game. I got to do Sometimes that. I don't. And sometimes it's like perfectly on school mornings and the game ends 10 minutes before school. Oh so I'm just sitting there with my AirPods yeah. and looking well, at my phone. Abby and I, we always like to do two laps around the school every morning just walking because yeah, we yeah. both get to school about 40 minutes to an hour before it even starts. Yeah. So I kid you not, we'll be walking and then Abby will just be on her little phone trying to listen to the soccer as we walk. Yep. Wow. Get some interesting looks that's, in the that's, quad. That's obsessive. Yeah, and then everyone just probably stares at me because I'm holding my phone up near my ear trying to listen because it looks like I'm weird just carrying a phone in front of me walking. <laughs> and the one – I can never actually watch the game fully because the one place I have to watch it on because it's broadcasting from England, right? Yeah. Mm. So I have to just watch the commentary in the team lineup. Because the place that I can watch it on is in the TV in the living room. Oh. And then I've got like other streams that you can do it on. But then I can never remember the password when I want to watch it. And I always forget <laughs> to ask my dad. And then we got the password and it didn't work. 
Because I guess you can't ask him in the middle of the night. Yeah, at 2am in the morning. Dad, can I have a password? No, that won't work. Mm. Wouldn't go down too well. Okay. So the reason that I'm asking is this this story kind of feeds into an an obsession of my own. So Taylor Swift Mm. has more than 200 songs to her name. So you're a Swift. You are a Swift. I am a Swiftie. 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 I'm slowly converting all my friends. Not me. It's everyone but Abby. (laughs) Everyone's like, but me. Absolutely (laughs) So, and now there's a millipede. Derek Hennan, PhD, discovered a millipede species and named it in Swift's honour, according to a paper published Friday in the journal Zookeys. The species is called Nanaria swiftae, or the Swift <laughs> Twisted Claw Millipede. Oh my oh, goodness that's nice. me. Um, the Swift Twisted Claw Millipede is a thank you from Hennan, 32, to Swift. Her music has gotten him through some rough times, he said. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a 32-year-old man as I know, well. but what, I mean, just really, what rough times <laughs> yeah. did he get it through? Would you go like, yeah, mm-hmm, I did, knew, I did know he was trouble when he walked in. Like, yeah. that, it got me through that time. It allowed well, yeah, me to never, really see that. never, ever getting back no, together. No, never, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, so he's an avid Swifty, and Hennon keeps a couple of CDs in his car, um, that he cycles through. So his favourite songs are New Romantics and Betty. Amazing taste with nice. I was going to say, how do you feel about that? Okay. I'm, I love those songs okay. as well. Okay, he's definitely, he's, he's not just picking the popular he's not ones. A, what oh, say, he's not a local. Is that the term? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. He's not a novice. There you yeah. go. Yeah, he's no, he's no Taylor novice. He yeah. definitely knows his yeah. stuff. He doesn't just say love story and you belong with me. Oh, don't <laughs> even get me shake started. it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, James, you really, you really feel that, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Gets me where I live. So he found the swift twisted claw millipede at Fall Creek, Fall State Park in Tennessee, a state that also marks the beginnings of Swift's career. Oh, there you go. But the funny thing is, Hennon also named one of the new species after his wife, Marion, Nanaria Marine, but he clearly had his priority straight, naming the millipede after Taylor Swift first and his wife after. Oh, yes. Is she like singing? I bet she, I bet she, I bet she was (laughs) thrilled about that. The wife? 100%. Okay, as a Swifty myself, obviously my answer's obvious, but yeah. if either of you could name a millipede in line with your obsession, what would it be? Um, if I could name it, I'd go with... So you have it says to start with Nanaria and Yeah, because that's the cl- I'd twisted go claw. I'd go Nanaria Sakatore. And then if I had to... <laughs> Sakatore. Sakatore. <laughs> and then, because he named his um, like twisted... Because they're all like twisted claw millipedes. Yeah, that's the I think I'm going to go for the twisted Rashford more. Oh my goodness, Millipede. After Marcus Rashford from Manchester United. Okay. okay. Yeah, he's my favourite player. Okay, so I would say I've given this some thought. Okay. And, and I even have an audio clip to back this one up. Oh my goodness. Oh. So if we were to, because when we, you were looking at the names of it, I thought this actually sounds a lot like an early Pink Floyd song. So, okay, so it's, it would be a Nanaria, uh, then I need a, a Nanaria Psychedelica. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Astronomy Domini. Okay. Oh, okay. Because there is a very famous, very early, very psychedelic, hence the psychedelic yes. Pink Floyd song called Astronomy Domini. I'll give you a little bit there so you can see how kind of out there and psychedelic it is. Here we go. Here's a little bit of it. Okay, I hope that's a. I hope that's sufficiently yeah. out there for yeah. everyone. You're teaching the youth. <laughs> teaching the teaching, youth the, teaching the youth about what the youth listened to <laughs> in 1968. Hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Morris. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now this is Archie. Archie Radio 107. Seven nine. Live. Live. <laughs> 
What is the worst place that someone could ever give birth in, James? You know, I'd, I've never really heard of any bad stories about giving birth, but I gave this some thought when you ta- asked us about this before. I reckon the worst place to give birth would be up on one of those rope bridges that the oh. tree climb <laughs> yeah, down on, um, is it Green Hill Road yeah. in, yeah, the, in the city? Because yeah. I think there'd be a number of issues going on there. I think those bridges just are quite narrow to yeah. start with. Yeah, yeah just and a few. I did it for right journey in year nine, so we're very familiar. Okay, so that'd be very narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's raining, that oh, might get a little bit through, uncomfortable. Yeah. They don't really have a lot of medical staff and or medical equipment up there. Mm-hmm. But the worst part about it would be everyone going, excuse me, can we get past? <laughs> excuse me. You're holding everything up because labor does take a while. Yeah. You know, mm. it can take up to a day, mm. sometimes even longer. Like, can you so. harness the baby and then put a carabiner on the track just what? to make sure? You wouldn't want to be in the black What's a carabiner? Is that the, the yeah, thing Yeah, that's the hold? little clip that... Yeah is put onto the wire to make sure you know, don't actually fall. Exactly. Let's You'd have to get it on the baby really quick when they yeah. came out, wouldn't you? Let's hope she was on the black course, which is the hardest course there. That would have been yeah. like that rock wall. Preferably there. not on the rock yeah, wall preferably as well. The shaky rock wall. I, I can see some okay, problems. Okay, so yeah, you, so that, I would say, yeah, that'd be a bit problematic. Yeah. Mm. Mm. How about you, um, I've heard stories like on the news, um, but a couple of years ago, there was a woman who gave birth on a plane. So, you know, you hear a couple of stories about like plane pregnancies. They're not super uncommon they've definitely Mm. happened before Mm -hmm. but there's like a bit of a legal loophole so the babies technically don't get citizenship because obviously they're not born Mm. in any country Mm. they're in the air most times just over the ocean yeah so they receive something called airborne citizenship and then i think generally generally what happens is that they just inherit the citizenship of the parents gotcha yeah Yeah, so it's more of like an automatic thing like that but it definitely causes some problems Probably. The reason I brought up this story is because one newborn in Brazil now surely lays claim to the most rock and roll arrival of all time. Two-day-old Luan Figaro was born at Metallica gig to the sound of Enter Sandman, according to his mum. Mm, mm. That's definitely the song to be born for out of the yeah. Metallica set list. Set list sorry. <laughs> Metallica had been shared the details of birth with their 8.2 million followers on the band's Instagram stories. <laughs> Joyce. You're Instagram famous when you're only like a day old. <laughs> Not even a day old. Not even a day old. International news. Yes. Yeah. Joyce M. Figuero, who brought tickets to the show three years ago, said she was 39 weeks pregnant and sitting in a special area for the show when her contractions began during the Metallica set. With just three songs left to go, the plan was to take her to the hospital by ambulance, but there was just no more time. The whole day was crazy, she said, adding that she had joked that the little boy's name was James Ulrich after Metallica frontman James Hartfield and drummer Lars Ulrich. It was unusual welcome into the world, but little Lon was not the first baby to be born at a gig. Believe it or not, in 2009, a woman gave birth during a pink gig at Liverpool's Annafield Stadium and reportedly went to the name Little Girl Pink Dolly. You know what? I'm all for not letting kids stop you going to these exciting yeah. things, but... <laughs> What are you saying, Alice? As a mother, I'm saying don't let kids stop you from doing things. Yes, I love it's like going. Personal yeah, place. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But like, but in seriousness, it's really interesting because I went to a. Um, it wasn't Metallica, but it was another peer of of theirs, a, mm-hmm. a big stadium gig of theirs, a few weeks ago, oh, yeah. and. Um, I'm honestly not surprised that going to that concert would bring a child on, like because <laughs> it is so the 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 bass drum 
is thumping so yeah. loud and so hard. Like it was with my son at the time and he's 18 and he's not shy about, you know, like loud volume things. It's like, going, I feel like my heartbeat's been really confused because yeah. it's like my chest is pounding, but I know it's not my heart. Is my rhythm going to be reset? Exactly. It feels like, yeah, you've been defibrillated for two and a half hours. It's that sort of a thing. So I mean, yeah. Baby was born on stable ground. Do you think being born can't be better or worse during a flight? Um, you know, I'm going to have to say that a concert would be better because you get an almost unbelievable truth for two truths and a lie. Mm, yeah. You have to think about like, you're yeah. brand new to a school. You need to tell, your, tell, tell a fun fact about yourself. I was born at a Metallica concert. Oh, especially if someone says to you like, going, what was the first concert you ever went <laughs> <Yeah>. to? <laughs> like- um, I wasn't even a day old and I went to Metallica. Yeah. My name is Abby with Annalise and James. Thanks so much for joining us here in ArchD. This podcast was produced by myself and Annalise for ArchD Radio. We are here every week with a brand new podcast version of the ArchD show. Check out all of our other podcasts, including the latest school life content on our website, archdradio.com, and find us on social media at ArchD Radio for heaps of behind-the-scenes stuff. Or you can catch the show when it airs on Life FM every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. We will see you again very soon. 